Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Yes, that life forms on the right, babe. Yeah. Not that Maggie's back in Monday morning, 2 o'clock, got you till 5, you know how it works, 3 hours, me and you, Alex on the other side, 877-337-6666, that's right, Flegelman has abandoned me, he'll be with the morning show all week long as everyone, including them, ascends to Las Vegas, we have made it, the Super Bowl week is here, and I mean, geez, do we need it? What, I, you know, Sunday suck with no football. It's only one day. It was a disaster. Maybe we'll have a little fun with that. We'll get into that. Uh, I'll give you like, uh, the best things to do on a football this Sunday in the middle of the winter as we wait for baseball season. No Knicks. As their winning streak came to an end against the Lakers, we'll get into them. And some of the same old for me, what we saw in that fourth quarter still resonates with what they need to do moving forward. As great as they've been, they still need to do something. And we'll get to that as we go along here. But we'll open with the Super Bowl as it is Monday of Super Bowl week. We'll have whole all week to get into the different elements of the game, the different matchups of the game. But as we sit here today, and as we dealt with yesterday, again, just awful. Just what, what do you do with no football on a Sunday? I, have no, I mean, I guess you watch the Grammys. Right, that uh, that's that was actually a very popular show last night. Obviously, everything with Taylor Swift, she won again fourth, her fourth award for best album of the year, more than anyone ever. Amazing, the greatest musician of our times is Taylor Swift, and she's relevant to all of us as we get ready to look for this week. Oh my God, Taylor Swift is just incredible. Does, I, you see, everyone wants to talk about that. They can't stand to look. They can't stand all the constant flashes to her and cutaways to her. And I'm more pissed that she wins every damn award. When did this happen? When did she become the greatest musician of our time? I was unaware of this. I can name five Taylor Swift songs. We saw Billy Joel perform his new song, which I think is actually pretty damn good. I'm impressed by it, and he still sounds great at his age. So you watch the Grammys, right? You watch the Grammys, you certainly don't watch the Pro Bowl. I gotta be honest with you. I did not watch a second of the Pro Bowl. I didn't watch a second of the skills competition. I didn't watch a second of the flag football game. I have zero interest in the and now listen, I get I had zero interest in the Pro Bowl. I suppose this is just as good or better. I had zero interest in the Pro Bowl for whatever reason. It's at the end of the year. It's just the worst. The only the only the only all-star game or pro bowl or whatever that actually has any any kind of juice whatsoever is major league baseball and even that no one cares. But you certainly don't do that so I don't know what you do. But you get ready for Super Bowl week as we do and looking forward to it and looking forward to the game and I'm shocked still. I mean Lori and I were just talking about it 
as she was walking out. I cannot believe the Kansas City Chiefs are still two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I am shocked. That line came out as soon as uh, San Francisco won that game the other night, uh, last last week. And it was two-and-a-half, and I jumped on it thinking, I'm, I'm really smart. Look at me. I'm one of these smart bettors who checks the line right away. I'm getting a crazy number. This thing's going to be minus two and a half by the end of the week. What a smart guy I am. And yet it went down to one immediately and right back up. People still want to bet on the Niners and still bet against Patrick Mahomes. And for me, as we get to the Super Bowl, and we'll get, like I said, all to the different matchups, this Super Bowl is about Kansas City. I hate to dismiss San Francisco, and this has nothing to do with whether they have a chance to win the game or not. I think they clearly do. They're favored in the game. And there's some elements of San Francisco, the uh, the, the extremely well-built team, the roster they've been made, able to accomplish, the idea that they have a quarterback who takes them to the Super Bowl in Garoppolo. Then they feel like they need to move on because he's not good enough. Getting to the Super Bowl and a 10-point lead in the third quarter, not good enough. So they have to move on from him. They trade up for Trey Lance. He's a disaster. And yet they get the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and what this coaching staff and Shanahan has done with this team trading. Then, you know, they go out and trade for McCaffrey. Uh, you know, they Debo and all, all the talent that they have on this team. A tight end who can actually match up with the tight end in, uh, with Kelsey in, in Kansas City. Just the, the, the story of who they are, the story of Shanahan's troubles inside big games, the blowing of the halftime as the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. But all of that, for me, is the secondary story to what we're seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, right now, they're going to have a ton of stuff to deal with. As you found out yesterday, the story of Patrick Mahomes' dad, now arrested for a uh, uh, DWI, I believe it's his third one. Now that's going to be a talking point for the entire week for Patrick Mahomes. That is, This is the biggest, most hyped-up game in the history of sports, and it's a week long. They'll have media days. I, I think it's a little bit different than what it used to be, but they'll have media days. It'll be forever, and that's something he's going to have to deal with, let alone the idea. I mean, think of all the different elements that this team is now dealing with. One, now this news news, news story of his father. He's going to have to deal with that. You have to deal with the everyone's going to be asked, everyone on the team, everyone on the team is going to be asked about Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Everyone on the team is going to be asked about whether or not uh, Andy Reid is going to retire after the year, right? Because there's been that kind of element that this could be Andy Reid's last year. And, and the Chiefs have been, you know, obviously Andy Reid's son a couple of years ago before the, the Tampa Bay game had his um, incident, you know, where he he drove and, and hit a car and and had that whole story. He's, I believe he's serving time for it right now. So they're not, they're no stranger to these elements. There's the Kadarius Tony story where he's on Instagram and, and, you know, claiming the team is lying about his injuries, getting all over everybody. Like it's just so many different things to go along with the idea of they're on the precipice of being a dynasty and the pressure on this quarterback and on this coach chasing down the most recent dynasty of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, as Tom Brady is now starting to come out of his hibernation, which he never, he's always public, he's always doing something that gets him in the news, God knows. But he's going to be now, he's out there making the media tour, as he's going to be taking over as the lead man for Fox. You got the idea that Bill Belichick, the greatest head coach in history, is out of a job and did not get a job this cycle. As that all is happening, here comes Kansas City, who overcomes every obstacle, who this year, by far, more than any other, 
It's a remarkable job from the quarterback to the coach to the defensive coordinator in Spags to Kelsey coming out of his slumber and becoming back to the Hall of Fame player over this course of the postseason. Like everything that's happened here to get back into this game this year is more impressive than any previous because all year long they were different from the opening week against the Lions the entire year. Obviously, yes, a winning team. Obviously, yes, good enough to win their lousy division. Obviously, yes, a three seed who's as dangerous as anyone once you get into these games because of who they have. But this was the year where they were just not the same Kansas City Chiefs. They were just not. Offensively, they were nowhere close. The the the, the lack of weapons from the passing game and the just this, you watch the games, not only with the, like the drop passes and all that, they didn't look to be on the same page. This defense has stepped up and won them so many games along the way, including the second half against Baltimore in the championship game two weeks ago or a week ago. And yet here they are as we ascend on, you know, the adult pr- playground of the world in Las Vegas, where I saw seats, it's $8,000 just to get in which is almost double what it was last year. This is the biggest game. They're arriving. You've got the element of uh, who's day, you know, is Travis Kelsey going to propose at halftime? Is Kadarius Tony someone who, you know, was integral in their last Super Bowl win, who is as talented, believe it or not, as any of the wide receivers they have, if he can actually catch the ball. He's as dynamic as anyone. He's dealing with that. You've got the Patrick Mahomes' father issue now as he was arrested. And all of this while they're trying to prove that they are the next great dynasty inside the NFL. I mean, right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are such an interesting story with so many storylines and so many possible distractions that to go on and get here was hard enough. And now that they're here playing against what I absolutely think, despite the fact that they did not play that well over the first you know, these two playoff games that they've played in and had to come back in both of them, what I think is probably, probably, overall, the best roster in football and one of the better offensive coaches and a quarterback who's trying to make his name, you know, a la Tom Brady. He's going, I mean, that, there's so many connections to the Patriots where now Patrick Mahomes is going against the next Tom Brady, you know, drafted all the way at the end of the draft, coming through, winning all these games, taking his team as a rookie to the NFC Championship game, getting hurt there, but now taking the team back, not playing well to start against Green Bay, but making that last-minute drive. It's almost as if he's just a clutch player who's found the perfect head coach for him, and now they are a force inside the NFL to go against what now is clearly the best team in the NFL, the best quarterback in the NFL. And as we emerge on this game, that storyline of all they're going to have to deal with and it might seem easy. Kansas City, oh, it's easy. You know, they're they're great. They have Patrick Mahomes. They've got one of the great head coaches in 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 the NFL in Andy Reid. They've got Kelsey. They got Chris Jones. They got their best defense that they've ever had. What are you talking about, Chris? This has been whenever you are a team with Patrick Mahomes and your passing offense isn't your strength, you are not the same. I've been saying that forever. That's why I bet against them against the Bills. That's why I bet against them against Baltimore, or at least picked against them. Because this team all year long has not been Mahomes and that passing attack. That has not been what won them games. Now, it's gotten better. They've gone down the field, especially at the start of these games. It's, it's been better. And Kelsey has emerged back to being what he was as a Hall of Fame player. I mean, for weeks, Kelsey was in here of him. 
He's turned back into playoff Kelsey. They've turned back into a team that knows how to win, has been here, can put away all the distractions, and go out and outplay you in the biggest moments because that's who they are and that's what they do. And they will be challenged again this week against the better roster overall, the better team overall, the better offense overall. And they're going to be facing a million distractions along with the pressure of possibly trying to catch the New England Patriots, which is also going to be a talking point. Hey, you know, this puts you on the level of this and this is how many Super Bowls you've been to and how many you could win. And if you win this game or if you lose this game, Tom Brady didn't lose his second Super Bowl until blah, blah, blah. Like that's going to be every single talking point throughout the week to go along with the Tony, his father. You got, you know, the most popular musician in the, in, since music was a thing. I mean, since cavemen banged on drums, this is, she's been, this is it. No one's ever been more successful in the music industry of all time. She wins every award. She's in, she, uses her, uh, she uses her speech to announce a new album is coming out. People flip out. Unfortunately, she's there for every single game. He can't make it to the, oh, what, did you feel bad that on, she goes to every single game of yours and yet you can't be there for her big award night? Like These are all the things they're going to have to deal with, never mind trying to beat the best team in the NFC and probably the best overall roster. How good are the Kansas City Chiefs? How good are they at putting away distractions? How good are they when it comes to winning these big games and how much faith can you possibly have in one franchise to be the next Patriots as quickly. I mean, it's unbelievable that we went from one franchise to the next. And are you sick of them yet? As you go through, and it's going to be all about them, the questions on the other side are hardly anything. All the big stories, all the big news, everything that's going to come out this week is all about Kansas City. It's going to be a couple of questions about can the coach win the big game for San Francisco, and is Brock Purdy good enough to compete against Mahomes? That's it. That's it. There's a million sexy stories. There's a million interesting things to get into with the Kansas City Chiefs. And can they overcome all of that and continue to be what they've been, the class of the NFL, without question, and and gone on underdogs against Buffalo for the first time ever playing playoff games on the road, underdog against Buffalo, underdog against Baltimore, and now underdog against San Francisco. Can Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the rest of this Kansas City Chiefs team, I'm going to throw Spags in there, Kelsey in there. This is a group that is a proven group of winners. Can they go three weeks in a row without playing in their building? I know this isn't technically a road game, but three weeks in a row without playing in their building as underdog continue this march to dynasty along with all the other topics they're going to have to deal with all day long, every day. And that's where we start the show this morning. That's where we start Super Bowl week. 877-337-6666. Can Kansas City do it? Do you know, I mean, it's hard to pick against them. But this is as tough a spot as I, I would think. Like going, going through it, I know Tampa Bay and the Bucks and Tom Brady beat them. And I understand that the offensive line was particularly bad down the stretch and was overwhelmed in that game. But heading into it, I mean, this says... For me, one of the tougher spots they've been in. And to have to do it three weeks in a row, that's the other, like, you know, they were, you know, they, for most of these years, they woke up in the AFC Championship game. Like, this is, they went into Buffalo, they went into Baltimore, and they're doing it without their strongest asset, 
being their strongest asset, which is Patrick Mahomes in this passing game. Sure, he's a great player. Yes, he makes plays. Yes, he's won some of these games. But they just, they're coming off getting shut out in the AFC Championship game in the second half. They've got maybe their most talented wide receiver arguing about injuries and whether or not he's even going to be on the team for this game. Yeah, the tight end, you know, dating superstars. You got, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes' father getting arrested. There is a million things going on. And if they overcome it all, and if they work their way through, where do you put this team, and where do you put Patrick Mahomes and and uh, Andy Reid in the pantheon of quarterback coach success stories? I mean, they are right there. They are on the verge of becoming Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. They're right there. They are one football game away. And I think it's hard to argue. If they win this one, how do you argue that this is not – as good as any of them. How do you argue that this team doesn't... Con- I mean, this is a special group. And if they win this one, they are right there with the New England Patriots. I know the, New England, the Patriots will have more Super Bowls and been to more and blah, blah, blah. But who can who can argue with what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now? Man, it takes the knee and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 225 on this Monday morning. 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. Back after our first Sunday without football. Miserable. But I guess the Grammys made a lot of uh, noise last night. The Obviously, the big story, Taylor Swift with her fourth album. I just read this. Fourth best album of the year for, I guess, Midnight's. She won an award previously in the night, earlier in the night, should I say. And she announced she's coming out with a new album. I mean, that's one. She knows how to make a scene. That she, uh, she is good at self-publicity. That is, that is one thing for sure. I think she gets too much grief for anyone who cares. I don't care that I see her at the game. I'm, I'm happy for the two of them. I, I truly am. I'm, but I just, it, it, I didn't. She, I woke up one day and she was the most famous musician in the world. I was unaware that that was the case. Like I just woke up. Now she's got her fourth best beating out Frank Sinatra. <clears throat> she was tied with three best albums with Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and Paul Simon. And now she sits alone as the only artist. I don't know if that's just solo artists. I don't know if there's been bands that have won it more than her. I got to double check that. But she beat out Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and Paul Simon. As now only the the only person to have four Grammys for best album of the year. She announced a new album coming out in April. Can't wait. Can't wait. But apparently it was a good show. Um, how about this? Um, what's jeez? Uh, I, I wrote it down too. I forgot her name. Um, Tracy Chapman, who hasn't really done a lot in a long time. Apparently she hasn't performed live in a while. She comes out with country star Luke, uh, Luke Combs and does a version of her car, her uh, song Fast Car, which everyone knows. Oh, I got a fast car. 
Gotta make a decision. I don't remember all there. But great song. Classic song. It is now, after that performance, which was four, you know, I don't know. What was it now? Six hours ago, maybe? It is the number one streaming song on iTunes right now. After that performance. It's crazy. It's crazy. People react to all this stuff. So that was obviously a, a big thing to watch. I didn't get to see Curb Your Enthusiasm which I guess tonight was the season premiere of the last season of Curb, which is a just a tremendous show, uh, what a, a classic show. And Larry, I guess Larry Dave was in a little bit of heat earlier in the week when he decided to attack Elmo. I don't know why. Like, like there are things you do, and then there are things you don't. And you know, I guess Elmo and his dad were there on Good Morning America, or Good Day, whatever, whatever morning show, New York, Good Day, New York, I don't know. So he's there at you know doing something. I guess his segment's over. They bring out Elmo. He comes walking back onto the, the set just to smack Elmo around. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, it's classic. Larry David, I love it. But, I mean, you, you know you're going to catch some flack for that. But I did not get to see the new the, the first episode of the new season of Curb. Looking forward to that. But this is what it is. You, I don't know. You watch TV. What do you do as you get ready for the Super Bowl? And as you get ready for baseball season, which I can't wait for, pitchers and catchers will be a couple weeks from now. Pitchers and catchers report on the on Valentine's Day. And, you know, right now it's amazing how many guys are still out there. Some of the best. Snell won the Cy Young, still available. Montgomery became the toast of the town. Toast of Major League Baseball. Traded to the Texas Rangers midseason and just went on a tear and pitched them into the World Series and won them a championship. He's still out there. Cody Bellinger, who's been an absolute, you know, has won an MVP, was one of the great stories of this year, was comeback player of the year, or should have been. I don't know if he is. I think he was. Came out, you know, had these miserable years. Comes out, has an unbelievable season for the Cubs. Unfortunately, he couldn't be... He was he he was so good that he won so many games for the Cubs midseason. They decided not to be sellers, and he couldn't be traded to the Yankees. He has this great. He's has anyone? When's the last time you heard anything on Bellinger? A sniff? Anything? Someone made an offer? Someone's talked to him? Not a damn thing. And believe me, these baseball reporters—they'll report anything. They will literally report anything. You know that. I mean, Morosi will report that that you know someone had coffee and that had Starbucks and that leaks them that links them to Seattle. I mean, like literally, they will report anything, and we haven't heard a damn thing about him. So, I mean, there we there are teams who still have plenty to do, and there are still guys out there who can impact teams in major ways. So we still don't know what this season is going to look like, what all the the top teams are going to look like. As we head to pitchers and catchers and really what the Yankees and Mets are going to look like, I think they're pretty much done. I would be shocked if the Mets or Yankees do anything else. But there are big-name ticket items out there, and maybe they fall into a price point where both of these teams would be somewhat interested. But right now, as much money as the Yankees make, and we all know how rich Steve Cohen is, they have hit their limits. And I understand it's still the, it's still the highest limits of Major League Baseball. They're still right up there with the Dodgers. As a team that, you know, they're going to spend over $300 million and get taxed and put money in the teams that are trying to compete against them's pocket. I get it. But 
Both off-seasons feel incomplete to me. Both teams feel incomplete. But one is legitimately still good. I want One should be a, a World Series contender, in my mind. And that's the New York Yankees. For me, that's the New York Yankees. I know they're getting all flack right now, and I'm the first one to give it to them. I just went on a big rant the last show I did, I think. I think it was Friday. That they allowed the Baltimore Orioles to swoop in and take Corbin Burns to Milwaukee. And now the Orioles, I mean, everyone's, oh, the Orioles, oh, the Orioles. Orioles are this young, up-and-coming team. They got, you know, oh, my God. They just got an owner who's going to be willing to spend a ton of money. Within two days of uh, selling the majority interest, suddenly, boom, they go and trade for Corbin Burns. Now they've got, you know, three guys in the starting rotation who are as good as any, could match up with anyone. they got all this young talent. They won 100 games last year. Who's going to ever take down the Orioles? Let's just ease up on the Orioles. We have seen teams come out of nowhere. Young teams, they, they played really well last year. I, are, you, are you telling me Gunnar Henderson now is going to be unstoppable this year? Guys take step backs. Teams take step backs. And I'm still not sold on their rotation, although it helps, you know, to add burns to it. But, I mean, we saw how they, they didn't, they got demolished in the playoffs. I know it's two games, but they didn't win a game. And you look at the rest of this division, the Rays. I think it's two consecutive postseasons. Haven't won a game. The Blue Jays haven't won a game since for since forever in the postseason. I I don't think the Rays are that good. I don't think the Jays are that good. And you're forgetting that despite the fact that they haven't gone out and added that second ace, the Yankees have a middle of the lineup that's as dangerous as any team in baseball. We forget. We forget because it was so long ago. But I remember. I remember getting Juan Soto. And I remember all you guys telling me that, oh, I took call after call and I asked question after question. How do you feel about the Yankees now? How do you feel about Brian Cashman? Oh, no, I feel great. I got to be honest. I was wrong. They, you know, they, they, were, they did a lot here to get Juan Soto. I, I, you know, the middle of that lineup, they got Verdugo. Oh, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Three weeks later. Three weeks later, this stupid bum cashman, he sucks. House timer is cheap. This team sucks. It's always so far. I'm I'm underwhelmed by the offseason. I wanted more. I wanted Yamamoto. They didn't get Yamamoto. I wanted a second ace. They went out and got Stroman, who's a good middle-of-the-rotation piece. But they're relying on Rodon too much for my liking. They're relying on Nestor Cortez a little too much for my liking. But this team won 82 games last year. The offense was putrid. The offense was all right-handed, and it sucked. And Judge was missing the entire year. A healthy Judge adding Soto and Verdugo, that alone, right there, is going to put them in upwards of 90 wins. And if anything, and that's with things not even necessarily breaking right. That's just a healthy judge. That's all they need. A healthy judge, they're a 90-win team. A healthy lineup, they're a 90-win team. That's not even with the bounce back of Rodon. That's not even with the addition of Stroman. That's not even with Nesta Cortez pitching better. Right? They've, they've, they've gotten rid uh, of, of Severino, who, as great as he's been in the course of his career, last year was anything but. He was a detriment to the team. Every time he went out, the Yankees had no chance to win a baseball game. None. 
The Yankees are going to be far better than what I think the fan base thinks right now. I think the Yankees are going to be far better. I think the Yankees are going to be battling with that young Baltimore team for the division title the entire year. And if you think that Baltimore is miles better, I disagree. They have to prove it to me. I'm not I'm not turning them into Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid just yet. I mean, that's that's the feel. Like, oh, look what the Orioles did. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to stop them? They lost 90 games a year ago. Now they now they can't be beat. Now all of these young players are going to come up and be great all year long. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. I like the Yankees' chances inside the division. I do. I like the Yankees' chances. But that's what we got to look forward to. right? we got a Mets season that I'm very concerned about the rotation. I think they still need to add a bat. Hopefully they will. they still got Soler still out there. J.D. Martinez is still out there. I mean, this is we're, we're, we're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers, less than that, 10 days away from pitchers and catchers. And there's a million options for both teams to improve themselves. And at least you get the idea the Yankees are, are attempting to do so and already have on a major scale. What's the conversation around the Mets? Do they keep Pete Alonso in the offseason? Like, right now, I'm very concerned for this Mets. And, and a season that's supposed to listen, as, as miserable as these two football teams are, and we'll get to that too, the Giants and the perception around them still haven't hired a defensive coach. Uh, Kafka, you know, they're blocking him from leaving and going to Seattle as the offensive coordinator. I mean, we talk about dysfunction with the story that came out about the Jets, the the story that came out about the Giants a month earlier, and now the idea they're having trouble hiring coaches and an offensive coordinator probably wants to go to Seattle, but we won't let him. As a miserable football season now comes to an end, and we look forward to, yeah, the Rangers are in first place as they hit the all-star break there. The Knicks are absolutely on fire after being even cooled off by L.A. You still feel good about where they are, but I still think they need that one piece, and we'll get to that. But for me, after Sunday, it's baseball season. We'll still focus on the Knicks, clearly. I'm pumped about the Knicks. We'll talk about the Rangers because hopefully they can figure out a way to bolster their third and fourth line, get another center or, or, or two, and figure out a way to be that dominant team they were to start the year again. And we'll talk about those two teams, but as we get ready for Mets, Yankees, start of the year, spring training, which, by the way, they ruined my spring training trip. I was debating on going down to spring training and catching that last game. Uh, you know, my uh, wife and kids are off. My wife's a teacher. My kids are obviously students. Um, that, that like, spring break is that final week of spring training leading into the first week of the season. And I was going to consider going down to Tampa, taking the kids with me maybe spending a day at Disney or so, but really going for spring training and doing that last weekend. They're playing Pittsburgh, and then they're playing the Mets in Tampa. But now they just added games in Mexico City. I don't know who's going to – well, I, the whole team is probably – uh, the MLB is doing like this promotion in Mexico City. I'm sure Judge and Soto and all those guys are going to go down to Mexico City and play games. I don't really feel like, you know, flying all the way to Tampa and spending a vacation going to see the – you know, see, see nobody's or see, you know, I guess the, the future Yankees, I suppose. But I want to see Judge or so. I want to see the team. Now I have no feeling like there's going to be the team there. You ruined my trip. Unbelievable. But as we look forward to the baseball season, as football season ends right now, there's some question marks around both teams. But I'm telling you, I am tired of all the hate the New York Yankees are getting. The New York Yankees are going to be damn good. 
They can have Juan Soto and Judge. I don't care where you hit him, second, third. I know that's a debate. I don't, I don't care who the leadoff hitter is. I don't. Whoever it is, whether it's Verdugo some days, whether it's obviously D.J. LeMahieu, whether they put Clay Torres there, hell, whether they hit Juan Soto there. I don't care. You can have Juan Soto and Judge back-to-back. I can't wait for it. And we can get all pissy about all the other stuff. Juan Soto and Judge back-to-back in that lineup. They add Verdugo. I think he's going to have a big year. That lineup's going to feel completely different. Completely different. And I'm looking forward to it. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. McGonagall with you, 877-337-6666. As we get ready for the Super Bowl, it is Super Bowl week. The morning show is going to be down there, so at 5 o'clock, the warm-up show will be live from Las Vegas. That should be fun. They're on it all. They should have some interesting stuff going on with them. So, like, obviously, 5 o'clock is 2 a.m. there, so 2 a.m. Vegas. That's when all the fun starts. But obviously the story to me is the Chiefs. I talked about it in the open. I mean, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as a duo. I mean, it got tiresome. Like for me, that's why I talk about how much I can't stand Tom Brady. You're a Giant fan. I mean, it was just, what was it, yesterday? That was the anniversary of the the undefeated team, 18-1 and one going down to the Giants. And Giants and Eli Manning and David Tyree in the helmet catch. Beat him twice. Why do you hate Tom Brady? You're a Giants fan. And you should love Tom Brady. I got sick of Tom Brady. I got sick of the discussion. I got sick of every single AFC championship game having Tom Brady in it. And then what does this mean for that legacy? And how, how does this cement them being the greatest coach and quarterback? Like it was just forever. And especially, you know, I guess I'm a little biased because I'm, you know, I can't avoid it. I have to. I was here every day, you know, for years, cutting tape, doing whatever, dealing with the the media day, dealing with Tom Brady, dealing with this, dealing with that. You know, just nonstop Brady and Belichick. It got exhausting, and we're not there yet. At least I'm not. I don't think. I don't think we are yet. I don't think America is just yet. Of Patrick Mahomes and. Um, Andy Reid, and because Andy Reid plus Andy Reid's a little bit of a beloved, uh, you know, a lovable guy. Obviously, he's got the weight issue, but he makes the he he makes the commercials. He used the word nuggies to describe chicken nuggets. That's it's a very endearing. It's an endearing quality to have. And you know, he's got the mustache. It's 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 different than Bill Belichick, who gives you nothing too. I mean, there's a little more to Andy Reid. Bill Belichick was just true, especially once he started winning. It was on to Cincinnati or whatever. You know, barely said anything. You could who dared ask him a question in the press conference? You know, it was just there. You got nothing out of him other than just winning and winning and winning, and it just became exhausting. And for me, it did. It became tiresome. It's just, I don't need the Patriots in the Super Bowl every year. I don't need it. 
And we're getting to that point. We're not there yet, but we're getting to that point. And this is the game that could put them over the top into that. Like, is this the point where we'll finally just be like, man, oh, man, look at this freaking team. This was the year to get them. I'm not alone in that sentiment. I mean, watch them play all year long. Something's not right. That was a familiar refrain about this Kansas City Chiefs team. Over and over again, no matter who I listen to, no matter what I read, like the phrase, something just isn't right. Even as they win football games, even as you knew they were going to cruise to a division once the Chargers became a joke and a laughingstock with, with Staley as head coach, and you just re- realized that was a disaster. And early on, you know, you got the Broncos giving up 70 points to Miami. You, you knew they were going to cruise to a division title. But... And the Raiders have fallen apart higher in their coach. I mean, they had a brief moment, you know, with Antonio Pierce there where you thought maybe, you know, built on the Giants' back, of course, that they might get hot. But ultimately, you never really worried about the division for Kansas City. So you knew they would be there, but they weren't going to be the one seed, clearly. They ended up not even being the two seed. They're the three seed. The offense just isn't right all year. They have more drop passes than anyone can, you know, than you can count. And it just felt like, geez, I know the defense is good. Right? And Chris Jones in this defense, it's probably about as good as it's been in this era and with this team. But, man, oh, man, who even with a great defense in today's NFL, you need that passing attack. If you want to go into Buffalo, you're going to have to score points. You want to go into Baltimore, a, a team that is just dominating, and not just dominating anyone, dominating the best teams in the NFL, dominating the 49ers. You know, dominating, just racking up, you know, beating them by 20 points. They look like a dominant force. As Lamar Jackson wrestled away the MVP after that 49er game from Brock Purdy, and since, I mean, it was just to go back-to-back on the road against those two teams who you could argue Buffalo is as hot a team in the NFL on a big winning streak after finding themselves 506-6 and went on an absolute tear to finish the season, win the division, and be the two-seed and host the game in Buffalo against their nemesis, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and no problem. I mean, yeah, it took a, a missed field goal, but they probably win that game anyway. They just And then they go into Baltimore and completely stifle. Now, I think the Ravens freaking shot themselves in the foot as much as what anything Kansas City could have done to them. I think their game plan was atrocious. The idea they ran the ball like eight times, they handed the ball off like eight times in that game is mind-boggling to me when they dominated teams with their run game. Like it just made absolutely no sense. Oh, yeah, no, listen, we, we got here running the football. Let's let's against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Let's just drop back a hundred times. Let's see if Lamar Jackson can just turn himself into Dan Marino for the day. And we'll be Kansas we'll be Kansas City that way. It was just that's the last thing they'll expect. Yeah, because you're not good at it. It made no sense. But yet here Kansas City is taking on yet again another very good team that probably overall has a better roster. Their defense hasn't been playing as well, but up front, they got first pick after first round pick after first round pick. And Offensively, they have way more weapons, way more. Now, obviously, you know, Kelsey is a unbelievable talent, but they're the one team that kind of has a tight end that can match it. And, you know, Pacheco has been a, a dynamic back, but 49ers have the best running back in football. 
And Debo gives them an element that Kansas City comes nowhere near. And Ayuk would be the best wide, by far, Ayuk would be the best wide receiver on Kansas City by a mile. They are the better team. I felt this about, you know, I felt this way. I honestly thought Buffalo, in the way they were playing, was the better team. I know their defense was was banged up, clearly, and a lot of injuries. And after the game was played, maybe I had a different feeling. But heading in, I thought Buffalo was the better team, right or wrong. That's what I thought. I don't think anyone could dispute, really, that Baltimore had been the better team all year. And the way that defense was playing, it got the, the coordinator a head coaching job already. Um, the way that defense was playing and the way Lamar was playing, Baltimore was the better team heading into that game. And yet this Kansas City Chiefs team, it doesn't matter who you put in front of them, who's better, who's worse, who's more dynamic, who's got a better this or who's got a better that. Patrick Mahomes finds ways to win. He just finds ways to win games. I mean, he is making it. I know it's early. And you say things like this and people get hung up on it. You say best ever. You say this. You say that. Like I, I mentioned Otani, in my opinion, is the greatest baseball player who ever lived. Alex was here one of the days that I said that, and people go freaking crazy. What do you mean? Well, okay, for a couple years here, he's got to do it for a long time. Patrick Mahomes is making a case that he's the greatest, most talented quarterback to ever play the game. And his you know, dominance over the NFL right now is as... You know, not as long necessarily as Brady and Belichick, right? And they really had two separate runs. They had that early run, then they had a long gap, and then they had the second run, which is probably even more dynamic and and impressive than the first, crazy enough. But, I mean, right now, who's Kansas City does this year in and year out. And they're a good, Buffalo's a good team. And they, I mean, you think about that. They pull one out of the fire, down with 18 seconds left a couple years ago. They figure out a way to win that game. I mean, they, they besides the besides Burrow, I mean, the only two quarterbacks to beat, beat them is Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. That's it. You know, nobody else has beaten Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. They are emerging to become the next dynasty. And what stands in their way is a coach who has a notorious history of not being able to win the big game. He's the offensive coordinator in the biggest collapse in Super Bowl history where the Falcons were up 28-3 to famously against the aforementioned Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in a game they absolutely just threw away by continuing to throw the football. On, all he had to do, like, honestly, if Shanahan would have just run the ball three times and punted on every possession, they win the Super Bowl. Like, that's all he had to do, and they win the Super Bowl. Instead, he got cute and continued to throw it, and they had turnovers. And then he's got a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and he blows that game. This is a coach who is thought of as an offensive guru. This is a coach who took, let's be honest, he took Jimmy G to a Super Bowl. Then he realized, much like McVay with Goff, really, although Goff is much better than Jimmy G. But even in getting to the Super Bowl, realized the quarterback had limits, traded up to get Trey Lance, and when that didn't work out, punted on that immediately, 
and then took Mr. Irrelevant, and he's back in the Super Bowl. He is a great head coach. He's one of the better offensive minds in the sport. There's no doubt about it. And what he's doing in uh, in San Francisco is cementing a legacy of being an excellent football coach. But much like Andy Reid before he met Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you could argue they're very similar. The amount of, you know, games won, the amount of times to the AFC, the NFC championship game, the ability to, you know, have a dynamic offense, win playoff games with, uh, you know, a washed up uh, quarterback in um, driving me nuts. The He played for the 49ers for a long time. And, uh, Jeff Garcia, he can win a playoff game with Jeff Garcia. He 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 could do everything except win the big game until he did. And right now, Shanahan is going up against a team that feels like destiny, that feels like dynasty, and he's doing it with a a two and a half point favorite, and with a team that's probably the overall better roster. But he is facing Mahomes and Reed, who no matter what's going on around them, whether it's Tony, whether it's Mahomes' dad, whether it's Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Whatever the case may be, they're able to shut out all of the distractions and go on the road now they've proved it, beat a better team they've proved it, beat the MVP they've proved it, and now they are one game away from being right there as the next dynasty in the NFL.